I have vivid memories of the moment 18 years ago when I was sitting in my flat in London watching EastEnders and my agent phoned to tell me that my first novel had found a publisher. I wasn't so much overjoyed as relieved as I'd spent my entire 20s writing and suffering rejections. I had begun to wonder whether it was ever going to happen. A year later, The Thief of Time appeared in bookshops. I was working as a bookseller in Waterstones on Dawson Street then and watched as customers picked it up, read the back, returned it to the table, or occasionally brought it to the till. But somehow, I still didn't feel like a real writer, and back then, never described myself as one. In my case, and in the case of many writers, it was a creative writing course which gave me the skills necessary to hone my talent for writing. I think invariably students finish this course and they are much better writers. That's novelist and creative writing tutor Naomi Wood from the University of East Anglia in Norwich. I have never met a student who hasn't learnt how to be a better writer on a creative writing course. For tonight's book show here on RTE Radio 1, I return to my old university in Norwich where I received my MA in creative writing. It put me on the road to being a writer. I'll speak to students and teachers there, and also writers Paul Murray and Ethan Shortall. I'll ask them what can be taught and what can't. And Mullingar-based writer Anne Griffin describes her journey from student to -to soon-to-be-published writer. In 1994, I packed my bags, left Dublin, and aged 22, I went to study my craft at the University of East Anglia. Writers Naomi Wood, Philip Langeskov, and Andrew Cowan are all teaching creative writing there today, and like me, they first came here as students. They recall their days as aspiring writers, beginning with Philip. I'd been working in London in publishing for about 10 years and gave up my job to come here, and it was the most liberating writing and intellectual and creative year of my life to that point. I wrote a lot while I was here. I was hugely inspired by being here. I'd been told just before I came here by a writer who said that the one thing that you'll get on this course is time when the only thing you'll be asked to do is write. And he said, you better take advantage of that because it'll never happen again in your life. It was also a time to be friends with other writers and to be in this extremely sort of intensive sort of petri dish And I loved all the politics of the different workshops that everyone's sleeping with the wrong people and sort of, (laughs) sort of, you know, doing all the wrong things and 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 the private gossip and the and the public writing and and all the machinations. I just thought were as vastly interesting as as what my workshop tutor was saying as well. Uh, Andrew, I know that you were a student on the same creative writing course, and I wondered what was your experience of being a student compared to all the years now that you've been teaching on it? I didn't have a particularly happy time as a student. I was too young, I think. I was too young and naive and unfocused and ill-disciplined, so I was often absent from classes. Years later, after I'd published and begun teaching, I began to teach in the workshop where previously I'd been such a poor student. But I think that actually, in the end, helped me as a teacher. I was much more sensitive to the students' needs, I think, than my teachers were to mine. I think it's made me a a better teacher to reflect upon the ways in which a creative writing course can fail its students by not nurturing them enough. The time itself was 
great in some ways. It was difficult in other ways. I made some really good friends who I'm still very close to today. Uh, it's lonely. The author of Skippy Dies and The Mark in the Void, Paul Murray, also spent a year on the same course. A lot of the people on the course were living in London and they just commute up for the day. And uh, the rest of the time I was pretty much on my own. And Norwich is a kind of a weird little insular town. Not a great place to have an Irish accent at that time. And the campus itself is about three miles outside of Norwich. And it's quite lonely and it's quite isolated, you know. So I went on a lot of sort of melancholic walks. I got very interested in uh, this sort of surge of patriotism. So I, I read a lot of, you know, James Joyce's letters and I read all of Yeats's poetry. And, and that sort of fed into the thing that I was working on, actually. So over here is where I lived. Looking, it was a perfect spot. It was looking right over the, the lake and the fields. And every morning you'd see all the rabbits running around beautiful trees. There's something quite romantic about it. At the start, I, I certainly felt intimidated, maybe by being like this young Irish kid in a group of, I think everybody else was English except for one American. Uh, I did feel intimidated. I wasn't sure if I was going to be as good as other people, but I had published a couple of stories. And, you know, I had been shortlisted for the Hennessy Award. So there was a little bit of confidence there at the same time. I think because in the first couple of weeks, we, we bonded very quickly, all 12 of us and became quite close. So any intimidation kind of disappeared. You know, there will be kindness in the classroom, not just, not cruelty. Each year, between 25 and 30 students are selected for the course. They read intensively and they write. Their work is studied and critiqued by their tutors and classmates. I joined a group of this year's students to discuss the joy and the pain of the writing process. My experience of being here both as a student and a teacher is that over the course of a term you have a workshop where you come out of it thinking you're the best writer in the world, a workshop where you come out thinking you're the worst writer in the world. I, I haven't met anyone on the course, including the teachers and the visiting writers and everything, who hasn't said, you know, there are going to be moments where you want to throw the whole thing in the bin, which which is very, very comforting because because I experience them very regularly. But the thing is, I think one of the main things the course has taught me is, is to keep going and to keep pushing yourself and to keep on writing because every time I'm in that position, I think, nope, I'm going to be one of the people who keeps going, even if it, it does feel like crap right now, it, it won't in a few days' time. Another comforting thing about doing the course is realising that everybody else similarly has those moments of doubt a lot um, I think when you're just on your own in a room with it you can imagine that there are all these other writers out there who are just sort of happily plowing through a novel and it's just you know knocking another one out uh, and then being amongst other people who every few days have hit another roadblock with it and are struggling with it is yeah useful those things never go away um, I've been publishing it for almost 20 years and there are still moments where a lot of moments you know on days where I am working on something and I feel like I'm losing track of it completely. I don't know where it's going. I have the confidence, I guess, and the experience to say to myself, don't worry, you'll find your way. It'll make itself clear to you. And I also sort of feel, even after all those years, that you can be on a stage with somebody and still feel that thrill, you know, of sharing a stage with somebody who you really admire. And that person might have only published one book or 50 books. You know, it's just somebody that you admire and you think, how on earth did I get here? You know, because there is an element of luck involved uh, with so much of this about getting your manuscript onto the right desk of an agent or an editor, somebody who just gets your work. Um, and there is that. But the most important thing I always feel still, 
no matter how much you've written and how long you've been at it, is you have to really enjoy it. And I still love sitting down at my computer, even on the days where I feel the novel is getting more and more and more difficult, you know, when you're in that centre part of it where it's a real struggle. But I still love it. And I think if you love the writing, then a reader is going to love it as well. It should never be a chore. You know, writers in their 80s and 90s still probably love the process. I woke up at two o'clock this morning and I was just completely in a panic about a story that I'm trying to write. I woke up again at about seven and I frantically went straight to my notebook to look at what I had written in that notebook at two to see had I somehow saved myself, had I somehow pulled the story out of the fire. I'm still in a complete panic. I'm going to be going straight back to the library um, after this. And yet every time there's a workshop, I've walked out of it thinking, yeah, you know, I got away with it. This student's sleepless nights chimed with former UEA student Paul Murray. The course gave him willpower. You really have to be a writer already of some stripe. You know, you have to be producing words on a page and you have to have the will and the passion to continue with like the long, arduous project that writing a book is. So what it doesn't teach you is that it can't provide you with the raw material. Like only you, as my teacher Ali Smith used to say, like she, she said, you can't teach someone how to write, but you can teach them how to edit. And that's what you're there to do. You're there to learn how to, how to winnow the material down, you know, and how to go over it and over it and over it and work out like where the spark is, you know, and how to bring out all of the qualities that are, that are inside it, you know. So it's, you know, writing is a craft you're working with your own material and finding out how to, how to realise it as best you can. My name is Ethna Shortall and my second novel, Grace After Henry, is coming out in May. Um, I'm currently writing my third novel, or I'm supposed to be at least. I've never done a creative writing course. I was in a writer's group once when I was 22. I was living in Paris and it was in Shakespeare and Company and Bookshop and it was upstairs and it was great and I met really great people. But I was kind of obnoxious and young and I wasn't really interested in other people's writing. I was always kind of waiting until I got to read and see what they thought about mine. And like, I would just hate to meet me now at that age. Like, that's terrible behaviour. And subsequently, I didn't really write anything good at that age. I think the feedback that you get from a writer's course is something that maybe I would envy. But I'm quite controlling and I don't really want to give over what I'm writing until it's done. And I don't show it to anyone until about a month before I have to submit it. And then I send it to my agents and see if I've got two and I see do they have anything, you know, that they really think is terrible or I need to change. But, you know, I probably could have benefited from having someone give me feedback on, on the first book particularly. And, and I didn't have that. And But I learned from that. And I think the second book is better as a result. And I learned to get rid of the fat and things like that. And maybe if someone was giving me feedback, I would have done that the first time around. But I don't know. I feel like I have to learn from my own mistakes. Personally, I don't think I can take it until it's near the end. And then I'm very happy to redraft. My editor gives me notes and I'll do massive redrafts. I also think having been a journalist, that's really good training. And it's all about editing, getting rid of stuff that doesn't need to be there, getting to the point as soon as possible, keeping people engaged, making sure they don't turn the page after three paragraphs. I learned more as a journalist than I imagine I personally would ever learn on a writing course. I think in, in Ireland especially, 
saying that you're writing a book, people tend to be a little bit disparaging with that. It's like saying, you know, I'm building a time machine or whatever it might be. So when you get that kind of accreditation from an institution with that kind of reputation, it gives you a little bit more confidence. Because when you're when you're a young writer, like you 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 know, you don't feel like you're a writer. You just feel like you're just some dude scribbling down words all the time. And it's very difficult to tell whether they're any good or not. So just getting into UEA was a real boost for me. I guess I often think of creative writing courses as a justification, which isn't at all meant negatively. But often when you're writing, and particularly before you're published, you need to justify what you're doing and how you're spending your time. And so if you say that you're doing a year-long creative writing course, that's the answer to what are you doing, you know. And then it justifies that you're writing for a year and you don't need to give any more explanation. I didn't tell many people I was writing a book until my first novel was bought and published. And then I felt justified when people would say, you know, what are you doing with your Monday or your Saturday or whatever? And I would say, I'm writing my novel. And, and that justification that it gives you and not needing to explain yourself. I see the benefit. I think that's really valuable. Once you get over that initial fear to call yourself a writer, it becomes part of your daily rhythm. As the novelist John Irving puts it, I am compulsive about writing. I need to do it the way I need sleep and exercise and food and sex. I can go without it for a while, but then I need it. I came to writing very late, in fact, only in the last four or five years. Before I even put the application in, I was thinking, why am I doing this? I am not going to have the chops that these people do. Um, I'm not going to have the wealth of experience being published in, in various different journals and winning all sorts of competitions. So that first day I was, I was shaking in my boots, sitting at the desk with the 12 others that were there. That's Anne Griffin, a writer based in Mullingar. Her debut novel, When All Is Said, will be published next January. She did a year's creative writing course in UCD, which was set up in 2006. I had a fear of my own writing. Now, I know that may sound a bit odd, but I really was fearful to rewrite anything. And what I learned in that course was that writing is about rewriting. You don't just write a masterpiece straight off. I had this concept that that's how it worked. You write a story and there it is in its magnificent finished form. That's not how it is. Writing is about going back and rewriting all of the time. It's about getting your first draft down. But it's then about that wonderful period where you get to where you say, OK, now I can actually hone this. I can make this a wonderful piece of fiction. Well, I've always thought that's that's is the key to writing that uh, I tend to write a first draft in quite a short space of time, maybe over a couple of months for a novel. And I don't worry about the language. I don't worry about inconsistencies. All I want is the bare bones of a story. And like you just said, that moment where you have that draft and you can then relax and you can just enjoy the pleasure of chipping away at it and turning it into something that hopefully will be wonderful. That's my favourite part. Second draft has always been my favourite part of writing. As James Ryan used to say, you know, a lot of what you do in your first draft is just scaffolding. You're pulling it down. You're pulling it down in that second draft. And that's what they taught me more than anything else. So your novel, When All Is Said, is coming out in early 2019. Tell us a little bit about it. 
It is the story of a man called Morris Hannigan, who is 84 years of age, and he is sitting at a bar in County Meath. And he thinks about five people in particular that have been really important in his life. And it is the story of him raising five toasts to these five people. And we are told their stories through Morris on that night. You should get a load of the enormous mirror in front of me. Massive yoke. Runs the length of the bar up above the row of spirits. Not sure if it's from the original house. Ten men it must have taken to get that up. Shows off the couches and chairs behind me. And there's me now in the corner, like the feckin' Egypt who wouldn't get his head out of shot. And what a head it is. I came across this story on holidays in, in Mayo. I was cycling the Greenway with my family and we were in a hotel and we were sitting at the bar and a man came up to speak to us and he was an older gentleman and he'd had a couple of drinks and he was really keen to speak to somebody so he sat with us and he told us that when he was 10 he had worked in this place. Then when we got up to leave one of the things that he said to me was you know I'm not going to see the morning and that was just really really powerful and the next day then in the pouring of rain cycling to Ackle Island I wrote the story in my head It's not often I look in the mirror these days When your mother was alive I suppose I made a bit of an effort but sure what difference does it make now I find it hard to look at myself Can't bear to see it That edge You know the one I mean Haven't you been on the receiving end of it enough over the years? When I was at UEA in the 1990s, I was pretty broke and had to watch every penny carefully. That's normal for a student, of course, and to be fair, I probably prioritised beer over healthy meals. But having found success as a writer, I felt a debt to UEA and wanted to give something back. And so, three years ago, I set up an annual £5,000 scholarship for an Irish student on the Creative Writing MA to cover their fees and allow them to use their savings to survive and, of course, to write. And this year, the award went to Jill Crawford, who is in her second semester at UEA now. For me, it was simply a question of whether I would have been able to come or not. I just don't have the money. It has given me a little bit more self-belief, I think, for sure. The fact that somebody would do that for me. And also, it, it, it helps me to realise that, you know, buck up and really feel like... You know, there's a sort of, I feel answerable, and that's a good feeling as well, though I'm also answerable to myself. But it's like, I have to do this, you know. What people sometimes forget is the course, any creative writing course, is not here to get you published. That's not what it's about. It's about helping you become a better writer so you can get yourself published. My grandfather was a carpenter, and I, um, so I often think of his bag of tools, and I just feel like what, what we have here is... We're being given more and more tools, and my bag is getting fuller, and which I'll take that away, and I'll have that. And those resources are not just technical in terms of the writing; they're also how to live as a writer, how not to go mad, you know, how to how to be productive. All of that is really important. How to deal with writing about your life as well, which leads to challenges and relationships, and it's a, it's a holistic um, experience. That's the drama studio there, which is where uh, usually when the anthology comes out every year, the readings take place and agents and so on come and 
a selection of students from the course will read pieces of their work. Everybody is very much aware that there is only going to be so many deals to go around and you get an opportunity to impress and everybody's trying to. And, you know, if you're standing in the bar with them later and you find yourself next to somebody and you've got like three or four minutes to sit when they say, so tell me what you're writing about, for you to really have an answer. I always say to, my, I said to my students when I was teaching here, always have a qu- an answer for that, a quick answer that you can do in about two minutes that is interesting and engaging and makes them want to read it. Um, have that answer in your head so that you're not just umming and oing. I mean, some people did come to UEA with the hope of meeting agents, and agents and publishers do come and speak to the students, but we were advised, I think rightly, to try and put that to the back of our minds, you know, for as long as we were there, and just to concentrate on doing the work. That said, I was really lucky in my UEA uh, experience in that my teacher, uh, Ali Smith, after we'd finished, I got an email from her editor, Simon Prasser at Hamish Hamilton, who said that she'd, she'd spoken to him about my the book that I was working on, and he'd love to see a couple of chapters. So I sent him a couple of chapters, and he ended up um, buying the book. An Evening of Long Goodbyes, so that was my first novel. There will be listeners to this show who are aspiring writers, who would like to write novels, but don't have the luxury, perhaps, of coming on a course like this. Is there one piece of wisdom, a little mantra that you each give to your students that maybe uh, the listeners could take on board? Um, a piece of advice that I stole from George Saunders. Your job is quite simple, and it's to get the reader to the end. Um, and think about how you're transporting your reader from the beginning of the piece to the end of the piece. And that can take all kinds of forms. Um, it can be in terms of plot, but it can also be in terms of language. Is there a particular way in which you're using language that encourages a reader to stay with you? But thinking about the way you move the reader from beginning of piece to end of piece, I think, is crucial. Yeah, my favorite bit of advice to students is also borrowed or stolen. I took it from a popular novelist called Jenny Colgan. It says there are five steps to becoming a writer, and the first one is read a lot. Uh, Step two is write a lot. Step three is repeat steps one and two as often as possible. Step four is get lucky. And step five is stay lucky. I think you should practice a little and often. If you can do an hour a day of writing and you commit yourself to topping up your writing every day it will only cause you to get better. The second thing I tell my students is that they must read more. We all must read more. You must be reading contemporary novels, not just immersing yourself in the classics because we have to navigate where we are in in the publishing landscape. It's vitally important to know what the kind of themes are that people are writing about right now and I think so much of writing is teaching oneself is sort of autodidactic and so much of that teaching can come from the books that we're reading. By reading books, published books, I am learning and and I guess that's like maybe reading other people's material in class but to me I know it's been published, I, I know it's good, I know it's been edited, you know it's of a standard that I'm hopefully aiming for and I also I read differently now that I'm writing than I used to read when I was just a reader. I'm looking at the fabric of it and how it's made up and I'm I'm second guessing what's going to happen and what would I do and I, I do feel like I study as much as I read now. A creative writing course isn't for everyone, but for those of us who needed advice, encouragement and support early in their career, it was a tremendous gift. 
That amount of free space and time to write is something you rarely receive again in life. But of course, after a year, it comes to an end, and it's up to each student to pursue their writing dreams independently. And that's when the real hard work begins. A lot of criticism about creative writing courses is that they don't teach you to write, and I agree with it. But what they do is they help you become self-critical about your work. They help you become very good editors. You can almost see what's working in your work and not working. It teaches you to live with your insecurity. You learn how to walk along with it. There's also a kind of rigor that's expected. They don't go easy on us, but they're kind. And I think that that's really important. They don't break us. No one I know that's written something brilliant or done brilliant animation or brilliant acting, they don't walk around thinking they're brilliant. They, they're driven by doubt, I think, and I think you have to walk into that. When we arrived, a few of us had this kind of imposter syndrome fear that we were like, how did I get on to this course with all these talented people? I'm not, I'm not that talented. Um, but I guess as it goes on, hopefully that, that wears off. It's certainly cool to be here. Just the other day, he took a photo of a manuscript that I'd absolutely torn to pieces and sent it to another person who's in this room today and said, oh my God, what have I done? Um, but I think you need to be able to, to do that. You need to be able to rip your own stuff to pieces to make it better. Thanks to all our contributors tonight. More information on the creative writing course at Norwich can be found at uea.ac.uk. Ethna Shortall's debut novel, Love in Row 27, is published by Atlantic, and her new book, Grace After Henry, published by Corvus, will be out in May. Paul Murray's The Mark and the Void is published by Hamish Hamilton, and my most recent novel, The Heart's Invisible Furies, is published by Doubleday. Thanks to the producer, Regan Hutchins, and series producer, Zoe Cummins.